And uh, so this morning, we're going to find rest in 1 John chapter 4. Uh, I have, in our house, there are two mirrors. Uh, there's more than that, but two specific mirrors that are made of the same material, the same product, the same black wood frame. We bought them at the same time from the same store at the same price. One mirror I look at, and it's, it's an accurate reflection. I look at it, I, I check my clothing, I make sure everything looks good. I check my hair, I check the face, everything. I like how it looks. Everything is, everything is good. It gives me an accurate reflection of, of what I look like, at least what I think I look like. Now the other mirror, for whatever reason, it could be because of the way we hung it, it could be the way something from the factory where it wasn't manufactured properly, the piece of glass isn't perfect or whatever, but it doesn't give me an accurate reflection. It gives me an inaccurate reflection, almost uh, distorted, like not like a like an uh, amusement park mirror. It's not that bad, but it's enough for me to look at the reflection and go, oh, this shirt's not fitting very well, or I, okay, my shoulder's a little weird right there. Uh, and so everything looks a little larger, a little bloated. It's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just enough. It's slight. And if you just visit our house, you probably wouldn't even notice so there's one mirror that, that's accurate, that, that is, is good, and it gives me the, the, the right reflection. And then there's the other that uh, slightly distorts the truth of, of, of my reflection. And so I'll go to and look in the mirror, and, and I know that if I'm going to that one mirror, it's not going to be right. Or I think I see my reflection, and I go, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. That one's a little messed up. Um, so the one in our bathroom happens to be the one that's right, because I like to feel good about myself, don't we all? But because of this, I avoid that one mirror. I know that it's going to distort how I look, albeit in a small, small way. But see, here's the thing. I only know that that one mirror is inaccurate because of the accurate one. Right? So I only know that that one mirror changes things a little bit, just enough because I know what I really look like, or I know how I really should be looking like. And so that, that one mirror, the accurate mirror, the true mirror, helps me. Helps me put things in perspective, so to speak. We'll call it truth. Many of us, when it comes to truth, we settle for the distorted mirror. We settle for, for the distortion. So we, we know some scriptures. We know some, some truths that we've learned along the way. We mix it up with our experiences. We add some, some trivial counsel that we've received from, from a podcast or from a, from a teacher or from a professional or from an author or a TV personality. We mix all that up, and it becomes a cocktail of distortion, lies, and misleadings. And we drink it up. And we're settling for this distorted mirror, this, this cocktail. And we have no idea who we really are in God's eyes. And more importantly, we have no idea who God, the true God, really is. We're, we're settling for that distortion. 
We, we, we settle for that distortion and we don't have a relationship with the true God. So when somebody says that, that Christianity isn't a religion, it's about a relationship with somebody and there's intimacy there with God through Jesus, we don't understand really what that means because we're settling for this false truth, this false understanding or, or mix-matched cocktail of distortion. See, this Bible here, this divine writings of God, his words to us is true. There's nothing else quite as true as this. This word is alive and it is true. And it is the accurate mirror for you and I. It is that one mirror that we go to that we know it's going to tell us what we look like, blemishes and all. All the beauty and all the blemishes, it's telling us exactly who we are. Did you know that 90%, and I read this this week, completely unrelated to this sermon, but I found it fascinating. 90% of Americans have a copy of the Bible in their home. 90%. 36% of Americans think the Bible is true. So one-third of the people in this room, just for numbers, thinks that the Bible is true, and the other two-thirds thinks that it's not. 50% of Americans think the Bible is a good moral guide. So it is no wonder that we're drinking up this cocktail and we're settling for this distorted mirror instead of looking to the, to the, to the true mirror, the, the accurate mirror of who we really are. The Bible is filled with words upon words calling God's people to himself. He's inviting them into relationship. He's inviting us into relationship. The Psalms is, is written mostly by a man who is in touch with his feelings, who is crying out to God in desperation. His only hope is the one true God. Proverbs is written by, by man who's giving us wisdom to live according to God's ways. Historical books show God's plan for his people and how over and over and over their only hope is him and they need a rescue repeated over and over and over again. The New Testament is filled with Jesus being proclaimed. The rescuer is here. He is here. God is here on earth to rescue his people. He is our hope. The epistles later in the New Testament are how God's people are and how they should live after being rescued. How do we live amongst one another? There isn't a book you could turn to and not see a reflection of yourself. And in my opinion, there isn't a book that is more clear that does this more than 1 John. And so we're going to read 1 John chapter 4. It is a mirror for your life. So let me ask that as we read and as we walk through this, that we look with open hearts, that we look at our reflections, not each other's reflections, but we look at our own reflections and we see what the Lord is speaking and showing us through his word this morning. So let's read. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God 
is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. This text came from, from uh, my devotional time. I read it a few weeks ago. And let me, let me take, a, take a second real quick. Brad gave you a few suggestions last week about, about your devotional time. And I use an app called He Reads Truth. I don't know who does it. I don't know who puts it on. There's also a She Reads Truth. And it's really great because if you're studying through a, Bible, through, a, through a specific Bible, it's got it all broken up for you. And then it has support texts from other parts of the Bible to help read. And then it's got an essay connected to it, an article that you can read that kind of expands your thinking and there's room for notes. I also use the ESV Study Bible, but I don't use the big uh, doorstop that Brad was talking about. I use an app on my phone or on my iPad. So there's digital applications there too, so don't frown on, on the digital world. It can be used and be, and re, and be redeemed. So here we go. I'm, I'm going to uh, dig in, and, and what I want to say first is that this truth is very simple. The truth for us this morning is very, very simple, but there's a lot of, there's, there's complexity to this truth. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'd like to walk through this text as if I was reading it as a devotion. Brad kind of did it last week, and I'd like to do it this week. Kind of, this is how I study. This is how I start my sermon prep. This is how I study the Bible. And I just walk through, and, and, and as, I'm, as I'm reading, I write down all these questions. And so what I'd like to do is do that really quick, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll preach the sermon to you in like five minutes based on what we've, what we've learned, Okay. So, uh, so let's, let's start in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Well, here's the simple truth that we're going to get this morning. If I was to summarize it, if I was to do a John Piper thesis for you this morning, this would be it. This would be the thesis of our sermon, and it goes as this. If we love God, we love one another. If we love God, then we will love one another and our love for one another is evidence that we know God. So if we love God, we will love one another. And our love for one another is evidence that we know God. You guys follow? All right, so here we go. Verse 7, I just read it. First thing that pops out at me is beloved. Who uses that term? Who uses the term beloved? Like it's very formal. What is he, why is he calling them Beloved. Obviously, there's love in there, so I would say this is a, this is a term of endearment. There's, there's, there's some sort of brotherly love here, maybe a, as a family, maybe as, as he has care as if they're his children. So why is he using this term? That would be the first question I'd ask and try to figure it out. And if I remember correctly, based on other scriptures that I've read, John may be one of the only ones who uses this. If I can remember, I think... He might be the only one who uses this term to, to write to, to people. So the question is, why is he using this term? Are, is he writing to a specific group? Do we have something in common with John? All questions. Beloved, let us love one another. Love one another. Okay, that's simple. That's easy. 
Love one another. I, anyone would, would agree with that. Every, anyone or everyone would say, we need to love one another. The protesters out at the nuclear power plant would say, we got to love one another. we got to love the earth. The protesters who are fighting for, for, for human rights, we got to love one another. Those who are protesting against war or against violence or whatever, we've got to love one another. Everybody would agree with that. That's, that's a simple one. So let us love one another. But who's one another? Who are, who are these people? Back to the beloved. Who are the beloved? Then he goes on to say, for love is from God. Now this changes things a little bit. Now the simplest was love one another, but now the love is from God. How is this possible? What does this mean? Does this like a, like a letter that is sent in the mail, like it's from God? Like the, the FedEx package you receive from your grandparents or from your parents, is that, is that like, like that's what love is from? That's how it's from God? If so, when do we receive it? When do we receive this love? Continue on in verse 7. Whoever loves has been born of God. Okay, now, now we're getting into some Christian language here. Now we've got to try to figure this out. What does this really mean to... Does that mean anyone who loves is born of God? So anyone who loves, what kind of love is this? Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Clearly, we're talking about more than just a simple, superficial love, super uh, simple uh, middle school love, or I love hamburgers, or I love Chipotle, or, or whatever. We're talking a little more, well, Chipotle may, you know, we're talking a little more than that. And then, and then back to what does born of God mean? What does this, what is this, this familiar language for us? I mean, if I'm thinking back, John 3, Jesus says, a man must be born again to, to see the kingdom of God. So I've, it's familiar language, but it it's, doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not one plus one equals two. It's not that straightforward. So what does this mean for, for us? Verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So anyone who does not love does not know God. So, so what John has done as he's writing this is now he's raised the bar even more. So down here we were at love one another. Yes. And then, and then it was if we love one another, then we'll know God. And he's raised it a little more. And now it's up here where it says if we don't love, we do not know God. Hmm. This love is more than, than our, our simple understanding of love. And it says, because God is love. Now the bar's way up here. I don't know what this means. What is God? God is love. How is God love? First it said that God is, that love is from God, and now it says that God is love. Are these contradictory to, them, to each other? Do they, do they, 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 they uh, two negatives? Are they like, this doesn't work. How can this be? So we've just done two verses, and that's, those are the two we're going to focus on. I'm going to reference verse 9 and, and a couple of the other verses that we've read, but, but that's, that's basically how I would start my study. So now let's dig in a little bit, and let's kind of, let's, 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 this gives me a framework. If I'm studying this, this gives me some I need to answer that because if I'm asking it, somebody else is going to ask it. It gives me a framework to walk through these scriptures. You can also use the, uh, back there on the back table, there's a card for our coffee group cards. There's questions and the head questions, uh, one through five. You could use those to help study scripture. 
Real simple. Uh, what does it say? What does it say? What does the scripture say? Just a simple, what does it say? The next question is, uh, what does it say? Who, who God is? Who are we? What are we to do? These are questions that we can ask and study scripture. So let's dig in a little bit. First, first point that I want you to see that's not going to be on the screen. Uh, sorry, Jeff. Not yet. Uh, this is a re- revision here this morning and late last night. If we love God, we will love one another. That's the first point this morning out of this text. If we love God, we will love one another. Now, that was part of the summary. That was part of my thesis. If we love God, we will love one another. It's a cause and effect, but not a cause and effect like if I stomp on the floor, there's a noise. Not like that. Not like a, a, a friction uh, lighting a match. Not a cause and effect like that. It's more like heat from a flame. It is. And I can't tell you any more about it. It just is. Or wet from water. Water's just wet. It is what it is. So there's, it's less cause and effect, and it is more just it is. That silly statement, it is what it is, well, it applies here. It is what it is. And so if we love God, we will love one another. John is saying that if you love God, then you will love one another. Like, that's it. There's no other option as a believer, as a Christian. You will love one another. Back to that that question in verse 7 about beloved. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the way and speaking clearly to the, the way that the church should love one another. Of course we should love people outside of the church. But it is our love that they're going to know that we are his disciples. Jesus says, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. So the way that we love one another, it is a It is a fruit. The language leaves no room for ifs here. It is an an expected result. As you look in the mirror and you see your reflection, it's as expected as that. And this is the mirror for us. If we love God, then we will love one another. No other options. You want to know if you love God? Do you love others with a brotherly, sacrificial love? Do you, do you celebrate when others succeed? When others have success, do you celebrate in their success? Do you look around and do you look for opportunities to serve others? Are you patient with others? Do you stick with, the, with people no matter their mess? or their trouble, or their struggle? Do you stick? Do you walk alongside them? Do you, do you walk with them? Do you desire to be with one another? These are all part of that reflection, looking back. Does this shirt look good? Does, the, does my hair look okay? How's my makeup? I'm not wearing makeup. Do I need to shave? All these questions, these are, the, these are the reflections back at you that you can answer and you can see and get an answer because that's how clear the scripture is this morning. That's how clear God's word is this morning. Either you do or you don't. If we love God, we will love one another. Second, our love is how we can be certain we know God. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Cannot be any clearer. I'm glad this is Scripture talking and not my opinion, because I would be afraid to say this this strongly. This is strong statements. If you do not love, you do not know God. Love is from God, and God is love. It is God's nature. It is who he is. It is part of his being. It is part of him, like like soil to the earth. It's who he is. You cannot remove soil from the earth. And we receive this love by being born again. Or being born of God. In verse 7, whoever loves has been born of God. A new birth. It's not just a, a, a new start. I'm not big into video games, but when I, was, when I was a kid, I used to love playing Contra on Nintendo. How many of y'all played Contra growing up? Yeah, there's a lot of us in here. And you guys remember the code, right? Well, I remember when, when you get the code, you get unlimited lives. And you just keep playing and keep playing. And you just, when you die, if I remember correctly, you get a new life right where you died, right? Like you don't have to go back. So you just, you just die there and you start and you just keep going. Well, that's not what we're talking about here when Jesus, when, when John says and God's word says born again. We're not getting a, a new start or, or a, a start over here. We don't just continue with the same life and then we die and we continue again. It doesn't work that way. We, it's a new birth. We are born of God. It is God giving us a, a new life, a brand new life, a new heart with new desires, new likes, new priorities, new fruit, new want-tos. All of it is changed by God. We have a new heart. Ezekiel says a heart of stone has been changed into a heart of flesh. We are new creatures. The old has passed away. It's not a, a, a start over. It's not a continue down the same life you're living and just start over and try better. We are new creatures. And he does this by giving us himself. His nature, this love Which is how his words in verse 7 and 8 can be so strong. That mirror reflects back at us and we can see all the screw-ups. Because we have God in us. We have his nature in us as believers, as followers of Jesus. You have God in you. His love is in you and he's given you a new life. Therefore, don't act like the previous person you were. Act as if God is in you. There is no room. If you know me, if you love God, you will love others and you will know him. No, it's a new birth. Look at verse 9. In this, this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. God in us manifested the world seeing God's love displayed through us. His nature is in us. 
which is why the text is so strong, and this is how you act. You have God, this is how you act. No other options. It's that mirror. This new birth is God giving of himself. Giving of himself to us. With God in us, we can, we can read verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. We can love in this way. If we love, we know God. We know him because he is in us, and it is his nature in us, working in us. Yes, now I'm not saying we live perfect lives. Do not hear me this morning. We do not live perfect lives. I am standing here evidence that we don't live perfect lives. We are not perfect. It is a struggle. But when we do struggle, when we do fall, there is grace, there is forgiveness, and we can get up and we can keep going and strive to love people correctly, strive to love people with a sacrificial love that is from God. If we love, we know him because he is love. So I have another mirror question for you. Do you know God? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? I'm afraid that the majority of us really don't know God. Not because I've seen poor love in this room. No. Not because I've, I, 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 I've seen where you guys aren't loving each other. That's No, no, no. Because I know I struggle with knowing God. And if I'm struggling, not because I'm up here, but because I'm down here, I'm struggling to know God. I know that other people are struggling to know God. None of us have arrived. None of us have finally reached the point where we figured it all out, and we can live without struggle. We can live without, without tension. We can live without hardship. We can live without all those things because we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is against us. We have in, live in a world that is not right. Do you know him? It is only by God's grace that you do know him and that you know what you know. Only by God's grace. Going back a few minutes, you couldn't give yourself new life. If you could, we'd figure out how to bottle it up and sell it and make millions and millions of dollars. It doesn't work. So how do you know God? Simple, simple facts, simple truths here. How do you know God? Jeff, this is, this is your cue, Jeff. Number one, time and commitment. How do you know God? Time and commitment. Repeated time together in prayer, in scripture, in song, in community. It is in those things that we learn and we get to know God more. The other day I was driving down the road and I was on the phone with, with somebody and, uh, and I didn't see this truck or this trailer or whatever, but it, it had passed, and I'm talking on the phone, and, and all of a sudden something clicked, and I said, huh, I wonder if that's a, if I wonder if that's a Moe's truck. And I look in my rearview mirror, and sure enough, it's the yellow Moe's tra- tra- uh, 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 catering trailer that they're pulling, and on the back, it's, it's a yellow trailer. It's got the big Moe's symbol on the back of it. And, and I thought, 
how in the world did I know that was a Moe's truck? Like, of all the things to know. And it, it's because I, I don't see that trailer, but I see the logo all the time. Think about the, the, the red circle with the white cursive in it we see all the time, Coca-Cola. The purple and, and orange logo that we see, FedEx. We wouldn't need to read any of those. We know exactly what they are. And why is it? Because we see it all the time. We just know. Right? We just, we just know those things. What would it be like if you knew God the way that we know these logos? The, the logos that we see over and over and over. What would it be like? Second, reflection. Think on your time together with him. Think on your time studying in his word. Meditate on his word. Think of more ways to spend time together what else can I do? What else can I study? What else can I read? I want to learn more. Reflect on what he's leading and teaching you to do. Third, listen. This is where we miss the mark, though. Listen. This is, this is the struggle here. A lot of us, and, and I'm one of them, I'm a poor listener. I have, to, I, have to, I have to be very disciplined to be a good listener. And my wife is, can attest to this. A lot of times I, I listen just waiting for my opportunity to respond instead of listening to what that person is saying, whoever they are. And I think a lot of times uh, we, we approach God in the same way. Like our prayer lives are 90% what we want. We, we're, we're waiting for him to respond so that we can then, and then, and then, and I really want, I really need what if we just listened and just, just sat and was quiet for, for lengths of time that are uncomfortable and difficult, and yet we did it? This is how we know God. Here's, here's, here's an idea. What if we studied smaller chunks of Scripture, like one verse or two verses, and we spent lots of time in that? like weeks just studying. I just basically preached two verses, seven and eight. What if we spent more time and less verses? Contemplative study. Brad told me that this week. I wouldn't have used that term, but contemplative study. What if, what if we spent more time on less Scripture? And we just listened for God. It would force us to listen, to take that time, to take extra time just to, just to be. And then fourthly, finally, respond. Simple, practical. If God tells you to do something, if he makes something clear to you, if he shows you something in his word, respond. Respond with obedience. Whatever that is, no matter what. So time, commitment, reflection, listen, and respond. You could apply those to any relationship. You want to you grow in a relationship with somebody? Spend time with them. Reflect on your time together. Listen to them and respond. I used to have a friend who, no matter where we were, no matter where we were, he would look at his reflection. Now, I'm not talking like the, the glance, you know, where we just glance and we just keep walking. I'm talking the, the stop, the look, the flex sometimes. Like, this guy was obnoxious, and you guys probably have friends just like it. Like, it's, it was bad. 
It didn't matter. Like it would be the window of a car, which is totally distorted, or the side of the car where you kind of see, man, my calves look good. Like just silly stuff. Or the, the, the storefront, or uh, the hubcap of an 18-wheeler, like just silly stuff. But he would do it, and I don't know why. He was just obsessed about it. The problem is, is none of those are accurate. None of those. Like you could say, man, my calves look good in the side of this Nissan Altima, and go home, and they look half the size. It doesn't, it's not accurate. The problem is, is that we, we could look to others to try to see our reflection. We could go to the, the hottest uh, help podcast or the hottest sermon or, or, or whatever it is, and, and, but it's not going to be accurate. We have to go to the Word. We have to come back to the Word of God. Because it is in the Word of God that even though this morning it was a lot about doing and a lot about if we love God, we will love one another. There's a lot of action. There's rest in knowing that the Word of God is true. We can find rest in the facts that these things are true, that we don't have to be true. We, we don't have to be right. The Word of God is right. Unless we go to the Word of God, we'll be looking at an inaccurate reflection. We'll be walking into an interview or walking into a meeting with boogers on our faces because we're not looking at the right thing. The Word tells us who God is and who we are. It's an accurate mirror. Scripture says that the Word of God says that God is love and He has given Himself to us. Therefore, we love. As heat is to a flame, love one another to the Christian who knows God. God is love, and he has given himself to us. We love others, we love Jesus, and we love his word. God showed his love to us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. He loved us first. He loved us first. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up. I'm going to read these, this text one more time. I'm going to ask you guys to close your eyes and just listen to the word of God. And then I'm going to pray, and we're going to respond in song. Do you love God? Do you love others? Because he is love, and he has given you his nature this morning. Yesterday, years ago, whatever the case may be, you have God's nature in you. His love is in you. Close your eyes and listen. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected 
in us. Lord Jesus, we, we love you. And we love you because you first loved us. It was not our act. It was not us giving us new life. It was you giving us new life through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. This morning, I pray you would help us to respond to your word. Give us the strength we need to respond to your word. Whatever you're calling us to do, God, help us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.